said easily. Maybe it was just a bit of luck. Come on, sir, let's go and deal with your stag. The colonel followed Danny, still marvelling in disbelief. But he knew with absolute certainty that luck had nothing whatever to do with it. Mr. Asher, I really am most grateful to you for sparing me so much of your valuable time. The minister smiled warmly as he shook Roger Asher's hand. He hoped he was not overdoing it. He had a tendency to be a little too effusive when greeting someone he disliked. He surveyed Asher's face with distaste. Unfit and grossly overweight, he was a physical monument to a life of overindulgence. A glass of lemonade? It is homemade. That would be most kind. The minister watched as the big man greedily gulped the drink down. Asher had accepted the invitation to the meeting with almost indecent alacrity. A comfortable flight, I hope. The minister was solicitous. Perfectly satisfactory, thank you, minister, replied Asher. The pleasantries over, the minister spoke. The government has a rather awkward problem. He paused, as if wondering how to continue. He did not delude himself for one second that this man was a blundering oaf. Asher had been enormously successful. He was shrewd, cunning, and manipulative. Well, two can play at that game, thought the minister. He himself had had to show great skills to maintain his position during the changes wrought by politics during the 1980s. An old family, Eton, Oxford, that sort of upbringing was now considered anachronistic. The minister had played down any reference to these things, and had survived unscathed. He continued, "'There is a matter that has caused the government some difficulty, and you might be able to offer some suggestions as to what measures we might take. It is a matter of some delicacy.' "'Minister, I am honoured that you think I might be of assistance,' began Asher. "'Naturally, I'd be very willing to help.' Asher was not being honoured, thought the minister. He was being flattered. He just couldn't tell the difference. "'We have come to the reluctant conclusion that this matter now calls for fairly uncompromising action. "'There's still no sign of perturbation or alarm on Asher's face. "'The problem is an individual one.' There must be many individuals who could be deemed to be a problem to the government. How much of a problem is this particular individual? I can see, observed the minister, that it will be unnecessary to skirt around the subject. I'll come directly to the point. Fifteen minutes later the two men rose. The meeting could not have gone better. Asher had agreed to handle everything. The government would not be seen to be involved. As the minister closed the door of his office... His mind almost reeled at how childishly easy it had been. Sir Peter Dartington had been intrigued by the invitation he had received. He had heard of Asher, of course, who hadn't, but he had never met him. So now here he was on this bloody great flashy yacht with flunkies waiting on him hand and foot. He and Asher were the only two on board, apart that was from the crew, eleven of them, just to look after two passengers— but that had been nothing compared to the surprise he had felt when Asher had dismissed the steward after dinner the night before and got straight down to business. His head was still spinning. "'Morning, Peter,' Dartington turned his head as the big man lumbered out onto the deck. "'Good morning, Roger,' replied Dartington. It was well past midday. How any bugger could get up that late was beyond him. "'Had any thoughts about what we discussed last night?' I'm sure you'll understand, Roger, that I feel a bit out of my depth. I mean, I've never had anything to do with this sort of thing before. 
Neither have I, my dear chap, said Asher cheerfully. But it is in the national interest. I am a patriot, and of course I know you are too. We'll be doing it to help the country. I accept your assurance on that, Roger, but why don't the buggers get the SAS or someone to deal with it? The problem is threefold. In the first place, a very long lead time would be required to get them into a position where they could pull it off. Something in excess of a year. Secondly, the chance of failure and subsequent embarrassing exposure will be incalculably damaging to the government. And thirdly, there's a sort of unwritten rule that governments never get personal. Why me? Dartington asked. Why you? He wanted to ask. That's easy. They didn't approach you. They approached me. They don't yet know I'm sounding you out. I approached you because I know you're a patriot and your company is well established in the region concerned and could therefore provide suitable assistance.